And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Wham! Cut sap. First try. Why are you so serious? He's a fast killer. I love the smell of night pump in the morning. I'm freaking pumped. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day! I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Good Day for a Movie podcast. We are brought to you by GD4GD. So head on over to GD4GD.com and buy some dope gear. Because $10 of every sale gets donated to their nonprofit partner, which is currently No Barriers. No Barriers is an organization based on hope, optimism, and resiliency for the future. Their framework teaches step-by-step how to break through your own challenges and live a driven, purposeful life, despite the barriers, both big and small, that each of us face. We can learn how to push past them, reconnect with our purpose, and unleash the best in ourselves and others. I'm Jacob, and alongside me, as always, Tate. What's up? And our anonymous third co-host. Yep. It is currently March 13th, and you're probably wondering, what, what do you mean it's March 13th? Why are you telling me the dates? Because if you see me in the wild, I want you to know that this was like five months ago that I had COVID. Because we're doing this remote. This is a COVID review, baby. We're not reviewing COVID. We we just ha- all have COVID. Yeah, so we're all we're all skyped in right now. We all went up to the mountains together for a weekend. We all came back with COVID. <laughs> and I would do it again. It was a good weekend. I would do it all over again. Any thoughts? Yeah. What they what they what they said. That's yeah. That's my opinion as well. You're lucky because you didn't have that many symptoms. That's right. Stronger immune system. Oh my gosh. That's what I chalk it up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we, thought I had that too, and it knocked me on my ass for a good oh, week. Yeah. But I only yeah. had a fever. That was kind of the shitty thing. Like I wasn't like super duper sick. I just like was very tired the entire time. Like the major not... annoying thing I had was my stomach was upset for like three or four days, which was very annoying because I was like, I'm trapped and all I want to do is just eat food and like not have to suffer eating it. And then, yeah, just had an upset stomach. That was not very nice, COVID. What sucked for me is I like well, I was super dizzy a lot, so I couldn't really watch any new movies because I couldn't concentrate on anything. So I couldn't get out get like any movies knocked out. I was pretty bummed about that. But what I did do is I watched I think I've still got like an hour left of the extended extended edition of Return of the King. Yes, I was meaning to do I that. I watched it well, in like four or five different increments. I have I have watched a lot of movies over the last ten days during the quarantine, but give me the two towers extended version. It's not on HBO Max. I'm sorry. I, I would have started from yeah, it's a fellowship shame. if it was. I love Return of the King though. It's uh I think it's my favorite one. I'm dying to watch the extended versions of all those. So good. So, so good. good. Seen them too many times. Oh, I no such too thing. many hours of Lord of the Rings for me. Um, other good news besides us having COVID, it's my pick. Wow. That's not good news. Great news is what it is. Um <laughs> Excited to hear what you got. You've been watching all these AFI movies. Yep, and yeah. this movie is on the AFI list. Um it's not one, it's one that I've seen before. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. We talked about it when we did uh-huh. the Rambo interview, um, or review. We are watching Rocky from 1976. 
Um, like like cool. I said earlier, okay um, we're recording this in March, and all the Rocky movies have been recently added to HBO Max as well. So that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, so written by Sylvester Stallone, directed by John Avildsen. Um, Carl Weathers is in this. Sly Stallone, Burt Young, Talia Shire. It's a. Uh, I love this movie. It's yeah. This, I'm very glad that you picked this movie because this is one that I mean, this is it's very similar to like what we talked about in Jurassic Park, where I was like, this is a classic. I've never seen it, but I know I have to at some point. Um, it's just kind of like waiting and waiting for the right time mm-hmm. or situation for it um and this seems perfect I, the last sylvester Stallone movie we watched was great and i've heard that this movie is incredible when this people movie, saw this movie in the theater people drove to the theater and they ran home they were so pumped up and excited oh, that's I'm, that's I'm, not even a lie like that actually happened in many places where people were I like nope I'm, I'm just sprinting home because i'm so excited I feel like some some of those like I mean I've only seen a couple of those like boxing type of movies where are just about somebody that's getting all like like it's just them working out and like becoming the best themselves and afterwards you're like yes I want to go do that. <laughs> the soundtrack to this movie is also something to keep your ear out for because it's phenomenal. Flying right. high now. It's, it's 1976. Yep. Uh, year before like, Star Wars, but... same year as Jaws, I believe. Takes place in the good old city of Philadelphia, right? Nope. One year after Jaws, yes. Um, it does take place in Philadelphia. Um, I guess I could read the uh, synopsis on IMDb. A small-time boxer gets a supremely rare chance to fight a heavyweight champion in a bout in which he strives to go the distance for his self-respect. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's. I don't think it's going to be what you guys are expecting. It's There's some parts where it's pretty slow, but I think there's kind of reasons for it. Um, it's it's really almost a love story disguised as a boxing movie. Adrian! Yep. Oh, yeah! That's Rocky. <laughs> Adrian! And this is like a movie that people should see in their life, and it is surprising that I've never seen it. It's kind of annoying that I've never seen it, so I'm glad that this is your movie pick. I, I hope yeah, I this spurs you guys on to watch the rest of them as well. The other ten? Yeah, there's... <laughs> Rocky 2, very good. Rocky 3 is good. Rocky 4 is amazing. Rocky 5 is awful. And Rocky Balboa has some of the favorite movie moments. It has a movie moment in our intro, actually. Um, But we can get into that stuff on the other side of this break. Uh, Anybody have anything else? No. Love it. Let's do it. All right. Well, you got something? (laughs) (laughs) Good old Skype. We'll see you on the other side. His name is Sylvester Stallone. He's the star of a new film called Rocky. He's been described as tough, handsome, talented, sexy, sensitive, dynamic, brilliant. He's been compared to Nicholson, De Niro, and Brando, but he is Rocky. He's the man who could be loved by only one woman because somehow she gets beneath the pain. He's every nobody who ever needed somebody. Rocky, do you believe that America is the land of opportunity? Yeah. I'll break both your arms so they don't work for you. He's 
every man who ever settled for something less. What about the night, Brian? Nick! Nick, you had a Brian! I ain't had no Brian, I ain't enough! I wanna get that! I wanna get that! Terrific, I mean, you could be a heartbreak. You walk down the street breaking hearts the way you're looking. Very shy. He's the man who never had a chance until now. Rocky. His whole life was a million to one shot. His name is Sylvester Stallone, but you will always remember him as Rocky. All right, we're back. Uh, in my opinion, this is one of the best climaxes in cinema. I think the last 15, 20 minutes really kind of pay off the s- slowness and the kind of slow burn of the first hour 40 or so. What'd you guys think? Yeah. Initial thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, you just hit on one initial thought was that it felt a lot longer that like uh, the first hour and a half of it felt like two hours. And then the last 30 minutes of it flew by. Um, yeah. But it definitely was a slow burn for the first more than the first half of the movie. But when yeah. I was watching it like an hour in, I was like, how long is this movie? I swore I had already been watching it for like an hour and 45 minutes. And it was, yeah, only an hour in. And I was, yeah. Did you like it? It's kind of an awkward movie, too. Oh, for sure. Absolutely very. Um, I will say this first one is really the only one that's like this. Rocky II um, is a lot different. We really get into kind of the mind of Apollo Creed. Um, They lied. There is a rematch. Because how is there not? Yeah. <laughs> well, Rockies, there's got to be a rematch. Well, and um, one, so going off of like characters, the one thing that I did really like was um, Rocky as a character was like awesome. He's got to be like up there as, as far as just because um, I'm not sure, like after watching this movie, my initial thoughts, I'm not sure this movie will crack any of like my top favorite movies ever. Um, but Rocky Balboa as a character is maybe one of my favorite people to support and watch throughout the whole movie. I was just like, I love how like simple he was, but he was also like, he knew his situation. He wasn't like trying to lie about where he was. He was like, yeah, I'm kind of a bum. <laughs> when she right. was like, are you, are you a bum? He's like, oh, I'm only a semi bum. I'm like, half a bum. bum. Yeah. yeah. And like, and, even I, I love the line where she's like, He's like, I, I didn't really want a turkey anyways. She's like, well, it's Thanksgiving. And he's like, ah, to some people, to me, it's Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> he was like a total open book, um, honest about everything. But he was also just like, seemed like the nicest guy that just wanted wanted to just show what he's got. I, like, I don't, he just proved something. I don't know what that was, but he just wanted to prove something, which I really, I really liked him. Yeah, I, um, I do think... This is a hard movie to discuss, to just discuss the one. Um, just because they do tell a, such a good story from Rocky 1 to 4 and, and, and in Balboa. Um, but to say that, I, I, I do want you guys to watch Rocky 2 at some point. Like, maybe even tonight. Because it is interesting. I, I think the other ones help this one. And kind of the, this movie really grows on you. At least it did on me. When I first watched it, I was like, wow, that is not definitely not what I was expecting. Um, and it was very, 
I, I just wasn't expecting the slowness of there being pretty much like no action until like that first training montage, really, after yeah. the opening fight scene. You're totally right in the like in the pre-review where you said it's kind of a love story with some boxing. Like there wasn't there wasn't that much boxing for the most part in the movie. But I can, and I can I can totally see seeing the after watching the other Rockies, you kind of um, get more of an appreciation for his story and for all of them. It's, I feel like it, that's similar. It's like a almost like a TV show. Like when you watch one TV show, you're kind of like like one episode, you're kind of like, oh, okay. I, yeah, I kind of like that. But the more you watch and the more you get into the characters and the more you get to see about them, that probably makes your appreciation for the entire storyline grow a lot. <clears throat> but we're looking for you to chime in every now and then. Well, I don't know when to talk. You guys just say so many words. <laughs> There's something in there. Um, my favorite line, which kind of speaks to probably my biggest issue with the movie is that my favorite line was when his boss takes a cigarette out of, a cigarette out of his mouth and says, Hey, you're training. And Rock goes, Hey, that's hilarious. But it was funnier than I thought too. Yeah. It was definitely funnier than I thought. The fact that the word or the line, Hey, was my favorite line in the movie kind of to me speaks to the lack of depth in the dialogue. I think the the dialogue was very simple. I don't think that there was. Um, I don't. Well, I think the story in general also was pretty simple. It was like I mean, Rocky's character didn't have too many um, like really complicating things going on in his life. He was just kind of yeah, like I mean, a semi bum that just kind of wanted this. He liked this girl and wanted to date her, and then other than that, gets a shot for a title, and then. So, like, I mean, like, yeah, story-wise, I think it was pretty simple. I think dialogue-wise, it was pretty simple. But nothing, I think when I say simple, I don't want it to come off as bad. I think I really enjoyed um, all the dialogue in the story. Yeah, I um, I definitely don't disagree that it's, it, it is simple. But the more you, the more times you watch this movie, you do pick up on some more complexities. Um, just of, uh, in a lot of the lines, like, a lot of Rocky's reactions... Um, I didn't pick up on the first time and I picked on a lot, a lot of the kind of wittiness and the, like the scene that really sticks out for me is after they're watching the interview, um, where they first announced that, uh, oh, yeah. Creed's going to be fighting. Oh, what's his face? Uh, Polly is like, none of that stuff bothers you. Like what the hell? And Rocky's like, nah, it doesn't bother me. And then he's standing outside talking to Adrian. He's like, no, that, like, that shit really does cut deep. And it does bother me. And he says it in such a plain way that it's easy to kind of even forget about that he's like, that it does bother him. And he just comes off as kind of such a simpleton where I think his performance and some of the lines that are, well, it's a pretty quiet movie too, where... Uh, I had subtitles on, so I was able to catch everything. I thought about turning subtitles on. Yeah. But, yeah, it. Um, I think it gets more complex the more you watch it, which, I don't know, maybe, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for a movie, but. Yeah, well, and um, also, I mean, we're kind of going in circles maybe a little bit here, but I, when um, we talk about the story being not really a boxing movie and not really, like, much action, um, I... I think I really liked 
that it was because I mean when I like when I think of other fighting movies, it's kind of like well, um, the fighter is one, and then there's Warrior, and then there's like Southpaw, which I watch, and so all of those are all about the fighting. Like it's it shows you they're training all the time. They're um, there's other things I don't know. It's just all about the match that's coming up, the big match, and um, I really liked this take on it of she kind of has, she's not perfect. He's not perfect. Um, and I think there was one line in there where he said, he's like, well, what do you see in her? And he's like, well, she fills in the gaps. And he was just like, well, what do you mean? She fills in the gaps. He's like, I don't know. I got gaps. She's got gaps. And it somehow it fills, fills the gaps somewhere together. So I think like the whole storyline of being a lot about their relationship was different than what I was expecting and kind of refreshing, mm -hmm. uh, for a, what I thought was just a pure boxing film. Mm -hmm. So I can um, see because of that too, why it's kind of a more classic. Um, do we want to get into some of the backstory real quick about how this movie was made? Yeah. I think the only, the only two things that I, or the few things that I want to get into are the characters a little bit more. Yep. Um, and then, uh, yeah, some of like the history of boxing, which I had to look up, which I thought was cool. Um, so, Stallone wrote the script, the first draft of the script, in three days. Um, days? Yep. Holy shit. Um, he was living in New York for most of his life, trying to get like a movie career going, um, and eventually moved out to L.A. and was on a uh, was doing an interview for a audition, and. He, he could tell that he wasn't a fit for this part and he wasn't going to get the part. So he mentioned it to them and said, Hey, I got this script. They looked at it and they're like, ah, we really like this. A couple of days later, they offered Stallone $360,000 for the script with the condition that he wouldn't play Rocky. And before this, he actually sold his dog, the one, and it's actually the dog that's in the movie, Butkus. He reportedly sold it, uh, sold the dog for 25 bucks. He was homeless at the time. He knew that he couldn't give the dog like a good life. It would probably starve. So he sold it for 25 bucks. And then when he hit it big and like sold the, and got the rights or got paid to make this movie, he bought the dog back for $15,000. Um, wow. That's a, a good return on a dog. <laughs> yeah. And so when the studio offered him $360,000 just for the script um, and said, you can't play him. Uh, he had no car. $106 in total in the bank. And like I said, sold the dog to help pay some bills. He said, no. He said, I, I know I will probably kill myself if and when this movie is big and I'm not in it. So he just kind of kept persevering and finally found a studio that took a risk on him. They gave him a million dollars to make this movie. That was a tiny budget even back then. They used a lot of like family and friends of people that were already on to be like background characters, um, use a lot of handheld kind of crappy cameras for it. And it was a huge success. It won best picture. I was going to say the audio seemed, and I wasn't sure if it was just because it's an old movie or not, but like the audio seemed when you, now that when you say that it makes me think back to um, like certain shots where they were walking across the street or walking across the parking lot. And it felt like he had to project his voice really loud. Um, Cause they only had like one camera following him for, hundreds of feet or like the ice skating rink scenes or the even the final match where like the announcer like i don't know if maybe there was 
maybe they used the best technology that they had in the day, but it definitely didn't seem like it. Yeah, definitely not. That's a that's a really cool backstory for Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I don't know, and I, I can just see a lot of that in this movie. Yeah, I um, think that's kind of there's probably a lot of reasons why he felt the need to play Rocky. Yeah, is because I mean it's there's a lot of similarities in that kind of come up or like the, his lifestyle maybe mm-hmm. the emotions if he didn't do a good job <laughs> yeah oh yeah he was done yeah he would have been done but if someone else would have done they would have done a shitty job he would have never been able to sleep yep yep um so that's, that's i was gonna ask if um if you know anything about whether this was like a because i was thinking about this halfway through the film of if it's a like semi-autobiographical film like maybe he had a past in boxing or anything and he had no. like basically he was writing this. Cause I remember you said he wrote it if he was basing off of past experiences at all, but no, I, just, I uh, think I read somewhere that he, uh, he went to a fight. So he said one night he went out to see Muhammad Ali fight Chuck Wepner. Uh, and what I saw was pretty extraordinary. I saw a man called the, uh, Bion bleeder fight the greatest fighter who ever lived. And for one brief moment, this supposed stumble bomb, turned out to be magnificent, and he lasted and knocked the champ down. I thought, if this isn't a metaphor for life, and so that was kind of the catalyst for his idea. So it wasn't necessarily a autobiography. It was kind of based around him seeing this boxer that everybody figured was a bum in this fight. and Kind of a glorified story of this true event. Yeah, based very loosely around it, because the guy who was fighting Ali, he wasn't a nobody. People knew him, but... They knew that he didn't have a chance. Just the, the just a underdog story. Yep. Well, and that was like I guess getting into we'll get into the end here in a little bit because I was about to. Um, but one, so the other thing that I wanted to talk about was the characters. I already said I I fucking loved Rocky. I loved his attitude. I loved how he he talked. I love how he's like hey. I like how he dislocated his finger and he just said watch you just pop it back in boop <laughs> <laughs> yep and then like i don't know just his attitude in life seemed awesome i was not sure what to think of adrian for 90 percent of the film i was like she's so weird and mm-hmm. quirky like I, I just didn't know you can't really get anything off of her for the first few scenes that you see her because she just doesn't say a word she doesn't have any reaction um, I mean, the first time you get to see her talk, I think, was when she was in the kitchen cooking the turkey. Um, but I think in the end, I really liked Adrian. I, and I think I liked her for the same reasons that kind of um, why why her and Rocky were so well together was because they're both imperfect humans. Um, they both maybe got a bunch of shit throughout their life. So I, I really liked her character for kind of um, also pushing through these these challenges that everyone in life was thrown at her for just being different. Um, I think the one, and then the one character that I don't, not sure I really loved, loved was the, I think it was the opposite was, um, what was his name? Polly. Oh, no. you didn't, oh, Creed. Oh, yeah. Polly. I didn't even think of Polly. Yeah. But Creed, I, I, go ahead. Creed. I liked at the beginning. I was like, it's cool. This dynamic of, they they show Creed from taking this completely as a business perspective as like this is a big business deal. I got to make sure the marketing's right, make like make the biggest bucks. And he's like, who should I 
who should I fight to replace him? Um, oh, let's pick this guy because it's a cool name. That'll be awesome. Um, and then I think I disliked him when the fight started, especially, and he was all flashy Floyd Mayweather. Um, yeah, I um, I think a good way to put it is he was taking this fight very seriously, but he wasn't taking it literally. He wasn't. Yeah. Well, he was taking. Yes. Well, like, and what what do you say at the his, his coach said it to him when he was like, "You're not in this for a, this guy's in this for a fight." He doesn't know it's a show. He's a, he's actually fighting. Yeah, yeah, and and what's his face was treating it like a show, an yep. entertainment show. Um, but I think I think I'm fine with him in the end. But I um, and then Polly was the one that I don't think I liked. No, I, I I don't like Polly whatsoever. Yeah, I think he was kind of a douche. He was just a drunk mean angry guy that never really came around yeah he comes around a little bit in the other movies but at the same time he stays poly a lot i really like mickey though oh the mickey trainer the yeah mick um i don't even know if i really liked him that much and see this is another one where the more movies you see his character gets better um I can see that because now he's kind of in it. Yeah, he's he's more of the character from the end of the movie and the rest of them, uh, or in a few of them, I should say. Um, but I love the one of the, my favorite insults. You're a tomato. You're a tomato, Rock. <laughs> I think my favorite side characters are Cuff and Link as turtles, yeah. <laughs> and Buckkiss. No Very. Like, it's so random that he has turtles. Yeah. Well, and I. They never go into it, but I assume that he got it just because Adrian was there and he liked Adrian. Yeah, I'm assuming so. I think That's they kind of said that figured. he was like, he's like, oh, I got these the first day that I saw you there. Something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure I liked Mickey. That makes me think about that scene where Mickey all of a sudden finds out he's fighting in the big fight and he just kind of, to me, Mickey seemed a little like selfish. Yeah. Uh, he he wasn't he didn't care about Rocky at all, and I wanted Rocky to kind of say "fuck you." Um, so I was excited when in that scene he let him walk out, and then when he chased him down and agreed to a, him being his manager, I was like, "Damn it, Rocky!" Well, yeah, I, I, didn't like that. I didn't like that whole interaction between him and Mickey. I th- I think what we were supposed to get out of it is that they neither of them did anything right prior to this fight. Right. Rocky didn't take it seriously, as serious as he could have. Mickey knew that he could have been the best. Mickey didn't push Rocky probably how he should have. So I think yeah. that was them kind of having it out. And I think that needed to happen because Rocky did need somebody. And they didn't have another character um, to be that somebody. And so I like how they came around and were able to kind of have bygones be bygones in a way, and I think it works, um, especially in the next movie and the kind of one after that, but... Yeah, I think the only thing that I would change about it is that um, I, I think I would have liked it if Mickey came around without knowing that he was all of a sudden in this big fight. Um, like, if somehow if somehow they had this outing in the gym, like, he just started, they just started, like, yelling at each other, and they just had this big fight, and it was like, alright, we just had our big fight, we're cool now. Um... But the fact, I think the fact that it came, like he came over trying to be kind of greedy with what he could get um, out of this deal of being his manager. But anyway, I, I, I do see what you're saying, though, with how they, they both didn't 
do things perfectly in their past and they both can blame the other, but they also got to blame themselves. Mm-hmm. So let bygones. You're awfully quiet. I just struggle with all the characters. I don't think I liked any of the characters except Rocky. Adrian! I mean, <laughs> him yelling her name is a classic. It's that, so great. Uh, Adrian! <laughs> that, that, that's funny. But, but you didn't like Adrian? It just, like, I wish they showed, like, it make, when you look at point A, it's kind of like, oh yeah, Rocky likes this shy girl. He's obviously an insanely outgoing person because he contributes 99% to their conversations. And then when you look at Z, it's like, oh yeah, they are both two weird, not perfect, quirky people that fill each other's gaps like the love makes sense. I feel like everything between A and Z was missing from the movie. Like I didn't, you didn't, you weren't convinced that they found love. There wasn't much meat to the bone. Like it was very, I wish there was more. There was, they didn't give much depth to the relationship. And for that reason, Adrian seemed just two dimensional to me. And that was kind of the same with Polly. Like Polly, I just didn't make an, didn't make an impact on me because he, was just a drunk guy that hated his job. He just, he, he, the way, it seemed like the only way he contributed for me to the movie was in the exchange of giving meat to Rocky and then punching the meat and then leading to that like famous scene of Rocky using the meat as a punching bag. Like that was, I had, a, I had a hard time seeing the value that, besides also being the connection to Adrian for Rocky. And then Mickey, I did not like that whole interchange between Mickey and Rock, Rocky. I want to be your manager. You follow that, do you? Fight said I don't need no manager. But you can't buy what I'm going to give you. I mean, I've got pain and I've got experience. Well, i got pain I've got experience, too. Now, listen, kid. Hey, look, hey, Mick. What? Look. I need your help about 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago? Right. You never helped me, no. You didn't care. Well, if you wanted help, I say, if you wanted help, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you just ask me, kid? Look, I asked, but you never heard nothing. Well, I, I, uh, I, uh, I'm 76 years old. Took you long enough to get here. 10 years ago, to my house. Huh? What's the matter? You don't like my house? My house stink? That's right, it stinks! I ain't had no favors from you. Don't crawl around me. Talk about your prime. What about my prime, Mick? At least you had a prime. I ain't had no prime, I ain't had nothing. Legs are going, everything is going, no one's getting no nothing. Guy comes up, offers me a fight. Big deal, wanna fight the fight? Yeah, I'll fight the big fight. I wouldn't wanna fight that big fight, it was gonna happen to me. I want to get that! I want to get that! And you want me to be and see it? Do you? You want to help me out? Help? Do you want to see me get my face like that? Legs ain't working, nothing's working. They go, go out, fight the chair. Yeah, I'll fight him. My face kicked in. And you come around here, you want to move in here with me? Come on here, come to my house! Real nice, come on in the mouth. It stinks. Two place stinks. I was like, 
in my head, I was when Rocky got the deal, I was like, of course. I thought they were going to bring it up earlier in the movie that Mickey was going to come and say, hey, you know, we're cool, right? I can be your manager, right? But then he went in and then they had the exchange, like they yelled at each other. Uh, like after Rocky got the announcement that he was going to get the fight, I was like, oh, what? Mickey's going to start crawling back to him saying, hey, you know, you need a trainer or whatever. And I was, yeah, kind of annoyed with how that happened. Creed was the fine antagonist. He was just, didn't really care. Like, I, I didn't think of him one way or the other. He was just, like, the, the correct antagonist to have because he was so opposite of Rocky. Well, he just didn't even take notice to Rocky, which was the point. Like, Rocky was just a fly on the wall to him. And that that all made sense. And then when he took him seriously in the fight, that all made sense. So I think I actually, now saying that, I liked Creed as a character in the movie. So I think the only two characters I liked were Rocky and Creed. Yeah, well, and I think you hit on one thing in there that I think is maybe true, um, is that I think, well, I, the whole love story, and, like, um, it does go pretty quickly. Like, they go on that first date, the really fucking awkward scene where they're in her, his apartment, and he kind of just, like, corners her and then kisses her up, and then they fall the ground. I thought that was really awkward and weird to watch. But, um, and then, like, after that, he's like, oh, my girlfriend. And then gives her the shout-out on the TV. And then I think the next thing, next time you see them together was um, when Polly comes home drunk with the bat and has his blow-up. Um, and then after that, they move in together. And so I, I do kind of see what you're saying as far as they didn't show maybe enough of that growth in their relationship. Yeah, I um, think, so here's my take on that is... This movie, I think, can be a struggle for modern audiences. Um, it's just set up so differently, pacing-wise and kind of depth-wise, because I don't think Adrian is a super complex character by any means, but I, I, I think she is a good character in this movie. Um, and I think they show you a passive passage of time throughout this movie, right? They, it's Thanksgiving when they go on their first date. And then the fight's on January 1st, so they kind of go through Christmas. So it, it's a few months there. So you know the time is passing. I, I think what modern audiences aren't very good at doing is filling in the gaps for ourselves. Being like, yeah. okay, well, time passed, so obviously they are, like, they're progressing because time's passing. And we, we don't have to see everything. We can make some assumptions. If in one scene they're kind of awkward and then the next scene... They have a little bit more chemistry and they're actually talking to each other. It's not just a one-sided conversation. We can assume that some time has passed. Yeah. And that's, I, and I, their whole story was events in the movie. And when I feel, when I think about filling the gaps, the way I fill in the gap is they love each other because they're pretty much the only option for each other. Like that, there's not seeing the scenes between them didn't give me a reason to fill in those gaps with anything but that assumption. Like that, because... Right, you don't have to. Adrian's a, as dumb as a brick. Like, why are you even looking at that girl, like, making fun of her? And, Take her to the zoo. Yeah, to the zoo. And Rocky's... <laughs> Very mean. Rocky's seemingly got nothing going for him. 
And so, like, of course, like, the girl that everyone kind of makes fun of and him, like, they, it almost seemed like they were each other's only option. And that... Wow, that sounds like a harsh I know, take. like, but that's <laughs> all they gave me. Like, I... Well, yeah, I mean, I think... Well, maybe that's, like, Jacob is saying, that's a, a way to fill in the gaps. They, they leave the audience to fill in the gaps however they want. You fill in by saying they're the only ones for someone else like Jacob or me might say they like fill in the gaps by saying oh they went on many more dates they really do love each other we just didn't see all of these dates and like their growth but I do uh, thinking about that now I think I'm totally cool with well and like and also taking into account like the budget of the film and other things um the fact that some of those gaps in the growth of their relationship were left out because it kind of lets you fill it in as you just you just your take on it just made me think about it that way nice his his take is making other people it, it's it's so bad that they're agreeing with me <laughs> they just they just take is that they're trapped <laughs> <laughs> well they didn't like they, they, just, they didn't give me more much more to work with they don't give you a ton and that's fine like if Again, I, th- I think that's the difference between this being a movie that came out in 1976 and it being 2021 right now. Yeah, and I, that's the other thing. Is I don't think I can get mad at it for not being like the rom-coms I watched today. Mm-hmm. See, I disagree with that because we in Liberty Valance, Hal, what, what's the dude's name? Jimmy Stewart's character. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart Hal, like their relationship was built off the fact that she was uneducated and he was a lawyer. And that he taught her, and that there, like, there were events that took place in their growth as a relationship, but it also had this underlying purpose or this underlying reason that connected them in a relationship way. And that was back in the '60s. This movie, there, there were events that took place between the two, but it, like, he took her out because there were really no other girls around, and Paulie kept trying to tell him to go hang out with his sister. I think that's a leap that you're making that there's no other girls around. I mean. That was the picture that was painted for us. No, that's the picture that you painted in your head. You that like you just you saw Adrian and you're like, okay, well, he's only going for Adrian. He's not going for the other pet store girl. Or yeah, like yeah, I think that it, it, they're in Philadelphia. It, it's yes, it's called the city of brotherly love, but there's women in that city as well. <laughs> and it's the city of champions. <laughs> um, I am. I will say, I am surprised we've gotten this far before you even hinted at anything Eagles related. Go birds. There it is. Um, So I guess now getting into the ending of the film, I I think that this is where this movie comes around a lot for me. I think in the first hour and a half, I was kind of like, this is a fine film. Um, I'm curious. Like I I was like, oh, I know how this ends, Um, but I'm curious to still watch it. I think the two surprising things, or not surprising maybe, but things that I wasn't expecting um, was the one that he didn't he didn't want to win. He just wanted to last the entire... And he didn't win. And he didn't win. Those were the two things that um, I really liked about the ending is that when he's laying in bed and he has that moment where he's just like, I'm going to get my shit rocked, but I just want to last the, like, the entire, all of the rounds. I want to make it through all of the rounds. Um, if I can do that, then I've proven to myself 
that like I'm not a bum, that I can do anything. Um, and I think that that was a really cool moment for him to just make that at his goal. He was just like, I don't care about winning and losing. He's like, I know I'm a, I'm a, a, a maybe not even amateur boxer. And he was just like, but if I can do the best that I can and I can hang with this guy in the ring, then I know that I'm actually worth something. Mm-hmm. I'm not a full so, bum. Really cool. And I, and I love the fact that he didn't win. I think that was, he, he got exactly what he, he lasted in the ring. He danced with the best and he didn't win. I think I do like that. If, it, if he would have won, it would have been too much of a fairy tale ending mm-hmm. that I would have been almost mad at. Yep. I agree. What'd you guys think about the music? I said to pay attention to the music before we watched it. There, so that's one thing I was thinking about the entire film. I don't think there was much music. The only notable music that came to mind was the classic. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. And then, so what I think good composers do is it's, it's just as hard of a decision to know where to put music and where not to put music. And I think the kind of lack of music is really makes it stand out when there is music. Like whenever he's kind of question <laughs> walks down the street and is dejected, you get the do, do, do. It's like there's the few piano notes and then the, Training montage music is excellent. Um, of him running up the stairs and running around and whatnot. And then in the fight scene, like in the final boxing scene, the first two rounds that we see in full, there's no music whatsoever. And it doesn't, it, music doesn't happen until the montage, and then it really kicks in for that last round that we see. Um, yep. I, I just think it's, it's very masterfully done. I think... I think I can see what you're saying with masterfully done because it, Oh yeah. Like they didn't overplay a bunch of music. When you said that we should keep our eye out for the score. I was thinking that um, there's going to be a bunch of music throughout the entire film that I'm going to have to pay attention to. Um, And actually the first song I think that came up was the acapella when they're burning a fire in the trash can. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's pretty good acapella right there. I like that. And it was like this on the streets of Philadelphia. And um, I was I was hoping that would get very worried and think it was going to be a musical. <laughs> no, I would know if Rocky was. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I I think I like the score. I don't think I. It, to me, it doesn't really stand out as anything that's like the the best highlight or like the highlights of the film or the best parts of it. But I enjoyed the lack of music and where they put it in. It mattered. So it was well done. Um, I have a question. Yes. How did the boxing match go for 15 rounds? So I have an answer for that. So I am glad that you asked because I, they really quickly flash a 14 at one point And I was like, holy shit. I thought, I was like, I did not think boxing is that long. So I Googled it. And obviously boxing these days are 12 rounds which sounds right i mean i didn't know that but um it said that so a little bit of history i guess that's just more interesting than anything um it was saying that in the early days of bare knuckle boxing there was no limit on the number of rounds so matches would be fought until there was a conclusion (laughs) which is crazy um but it said that for example in 1833 there's a three hours 
So then it goes into the more of the history of when it when they started to establish rounds and um, lengths and everything like that. And it said that it changed a couple times. They they shortened it a couple times um, to and the last time they shortened it was in 2000 to 12 rounds. But it said that um, between basically in all the 90s up until 1980, um, the championship distance generally referred to the title rounds that numbered between 13 and 15. For decades, the last heavyweight title match scheduled for less than 15 rounds had been in 1927 and was a 10-rounder. But yeah, so up until in the 90s and up until 1980, it sounds like they just predetermined the rounds, and but it was never lower than 12 or 10 and never higher than 15. So they go 15 in the movie. Yep. should say that the music is another thing that definitely gets better with the more movies because at Rocky three gives the eye of the tiger. <laughs> is that when Eye of the tiger came out? Yep. That's like, it came out for that movie. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. And when he fights Mr. T. <laughs> it's, wow. Speaking of the fighting scenes though, he took some fucking yeah. hits. What was that about? He just like stuck his face out in front of his <laughs> boxing nets and just kept taking jabs. Hey, his nose had never been broken before that point. He's got yeah, an iron like, chin. I, I was like, Charlie Chaplin could take him out. <laughs> like he's just putting his face as a target, like easy target. He's, he was just taking so many punches. He's fighting face. with his chin. I was like, no wonder you're not a professional boxer. You put your <laughs> fucking boxing mitts in front of your face and you could actually win something. Yeah, he took a crazy amount of hits. That was ridiculous. Speaking of also, you could, I mean, this is an older movie, 76, but you could tell when, like, that they weren't hitting each other. Like, um, in some of the scenes where it wasn't, like, his head flying backwards, um, you could see that he was, like, his glove was just shy of the other guy. Um, but once you look past that, I think it was pretty well done fighting once it, once i look past that and look past the fact that rocky took about 400 hits to the jaw not even the jaw just to the forehead not even 400 like a thousand <laughs> <laughs> after i look past those two things i think the fight scenes were really or the last fight scene was really well done and the first one my only issue was the jabs that i was like this is there's an unreal amount of well unreal. no i mean there is a point for that in the movie like the, the point of that is that he is this kind of raw, just guy that he doesn't have all the fundamentals whatsoever. And yeah. he just, he, he can just eat punches and he doesn't know how to go down is the point of that. And like, this is supposed to be like one of the most resilient characters of all time. Yeah. And I can, I can get that. I just, I'm like, man, it was hard put to your watch. gloves <laughs> up, you ding dong on this <laughs> arm. Like a, I my first thought in that very first fight scene because his right arm is kind of hanging down. I was like, "Oh, he's in like this little nitty gritty fight, and he like hurt his right arm, and he just has his left arm. And that's why he can't protect himself." Then no, he just starts using it a little later. I was like, "Dude, your hands are at your hips. Like, <laughs> come on, like this is crazy." Also, I love that he would just walk around and air punch everything. Yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> that was a, it was like, hey, you, oh, oh, oh. You just walk up to this light post, mm -hmm. just give it a little shimmy and make make sure that lamp post knows. <laughs> I think probably my favorite line in the whole 
maybe series is Mickey saying, you're going to eat lightning and crap thunder. <laughs> yeah, I was throwing some haymakers at that point. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of funny things. I like when, when Creed comes out as George Washington. Uh, I think that that's, that's a great bit overall anyways. But um, Rocky's reaction, he's like, he looks like a big flag. Like, yeah, no doubt he looks like a big flag, Rocky. That's what he's dressed like. I just love the simplicity of Rocky. Yeah, he really was just a simple little man. It was great. He was also ripped. Oh, yeah, huge. Jacked for that, Jacked, for sure. Like, bigger than he was in Rambo, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was very big. Um, I don't know. What else do you guys have? I'm trying to just think of other things that were just funny or silly or weird that he did, like his mannerisms. Like one of them was, oh, he never finished a drink. That would piss me off. <laughs> he walks into a bar, grabs a bottle, pours the glass, takes a sip of the glass, sets both of them down, gets another bottle, takes a sip of it, and he said, and then he gets upset, and he's like, oh, I'll see you later, and then drops $2 and leaves. I was like, bro. Those are two, you're like pinching pennies and you're just leaving nine tenths, like everything but a sip he of was, two beers he around. He was just coming back to finish it later. It's like when he walked into his apartment and he just saw the beer can on his fridge that or beer bottle that had like a sip left and he just finished it and then threw a cigarette in it. He was just saving it for later. Yeah, he takes like a sip a day. <laughs> and just He's training. He's training. I think also it's weird that he didn't throw on ice skates that was strange <laughs> bad but, for the ankles yeah yeah adrian not a great ice skater but that's that's fine yeah that was fine are you a good ice skater no i'm the worst ice skater i am too i, I worst ice skater i know when i <laughs> ice skate i only use my right foot it's like i'm skateboarding i was still using the trash can for lessons when i was 12 years old I yeah. loved using those trash cans. You could fucking zoom. I would need a walker if I were to go out on the ice right now. <laughs> I did go ice skating recently on an actual lake, and it was the first time that I've ever done that. And let me tell you, very difficult. It was like snow patches in certain places. It was bumpy, and it was like, it was hard. Yeah, I uh, I may be partly Canadian, but I did not get the skating side. So, um... Let's move into some scores here. From the aggregators, Rotten Tomatoes, a 94%. IMDb, 8.1 out of 10. And Metacritic, a 70 out of 100. Those, those ones are pretty spread out. Yes, very spread out. Uh, whoever would like to go first, go ahead. For me, it's I can go first. So it's not my favorite. And like I put it in the context of Rambo. Rambo had little to no dialogue. And the dialogue was probably the worst part of that movie except for the last scene and i think the only reason that one was better to me was because the action filled in the space and there wasn't really anything in depth that filled in the space for me with this movie but i understand that it's like a big movie of the times it's almost like a citizen king in the 70s and so for that reason i understand that it is a prominent movie in time but i think i give it like a 76 out of 100 I think it's lower than Rambo, and I gave Rambo an 80, but it probably deserves the four out of five stars just for the backstory, for Stallone's breakout film, and for everything, like all the contextual stuff about it, but it's not a, it, it, it didn't knock me over. <laughs> yeah, I think 
um, I'll let you go last. And I think I'm going to, I mean, immediately when I think about ranking this, I compare it a lot to Rambo, um, just because kind of same, same time frame, same, obviously same Stallone. And I think that there's a, a, they're very different movies, but, um, and there's a lot of aspects of this movie that I really like. There's a lot of aspects of the other movie that I like. Um, I think Stallone off also, we didn't talk about that much, but he killed it in, mm-hmm. in Rocky. I think he absolutely killed it. Um, I think he should, I don't know if he won best actor, but no, I was going to get into that. I can right now. So this movie was nominated for 10 Oscars. Um, oh. it won for best picture, one for best director, one for best film editing. Sloan was nominated for best actor. Talia Shire, Adrian was uh, nominated for best actress in a leading role. Burgess Meredith, who plays Mickey, was nominated for best actor in a supporting role. Um, nominated for best writing, nominated for best sound, and nominated for best music, original song, gonna fly now. So the only ones that really really surprised me out of that is Adrian and <laughs> Mickey. Yeah, those are the only <laughs> two that I'm like. Adrian you know. surprises me. Mickey. Mickey, I get because I think he did do. I think his performance was good, whether you like the character or not. Yeah, I think I think Polly, maybe performance wise, did better, did better yeah, than what Mickey did in my head. But I'm just, I'm just surprised. I guess both by especially Adrian. <laughs> I feel like she didn't have a line for an hour. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anywho, Stallone absolutely killed it in this movie. I think he did really, really, really well. Who did he lose to? Why do you guys fucking do this to me? <laughs> curiosity let's see he lost to peter finch in the network um other nominees were william holden from the network giancarlo giannini in seven beauties and robert de niro in taxi driver oh that's that's so i'm guessing you lost to robert de niro no um peter finch oh from the network yep um um anywho yeah so i really like stallone in this he absolutely killed it um i the first hour and a half of this movie was losing me i was like oh this is this kind of slow i'm not sure i'm loving this the last 30 minutes really saved this film i wouldn't say saved it it was already gonna be okay um but brought it up to a new level um i think i think stallone's story like of making this like you were telling us earlier very impressive that's like a 100 for sure because that everything about his story and um, how he came up with this movie and um, how he was relentless in getting it made is really cool. And especially the dog story is incredible, but I think I'm going to have to stick with, I don't think it's better for me than Rambo and I don't think it's any worse for me than Rambo. So I gave Rambo an 80 and I'm going to, I think I'm going to stick right there. I think I like these two movies. They're pretty on par for me. Yeah. So for my score, I am actually dropping it from what I, Originally had it. I didn't have a number on it. I just had a star. I had five out of five stars. Dropping it to four and a half. I'm giving this movie a 93. It's a little bit slower than I remember it. The side characters, I, I, I did kind of forget about how Mickey wasn't at his best in this movie. Um, this is po- probably Polly's best movie. But So yeah, 93 out of 100. I, I think it's still a very good movie. And if you kind of frame it in with the rest of the movies, I think it lifted up. Um, but just taking this movie individually, got to give it a 93. So that is going to be an average score of an 83 out of a hundred on the dot. So not too bad. I, um, 
what do you think before we wrap things up are you guys going to watch this movie or watch the second one anytime soon yeah i think like i'm i liked it i definitely liked it enough to watch more of it and i i have seen creed which i know that's one of the more recent ones about creed's son stallone should have won an oscar for that movie as well yeah he did good in that um so I have seen Creed. It's just everything between Rocky One and Creed now yep. that I got to see. So yeah, I think I'm until I see one of them that loses me, I'm probably going to keep watching. Well, skip Rocky Five because it's bad. Is the is there six? Did we we went over this earlier? So it goes Rocky, Rocky Two, which is where he fights Creed again. Rocky Three, which is where he fights Mr. T, Clubber Lang. And then Rocky Four, which is when he fights Ivan Drago. If he dies, he dies. Then he ends the Cold War in that one. And then Rocky Five is he like trains a guy and like the big fight scene is in like the middle of the street. It's awful. And Rocky Balboa came out in like 2005, and it's phenomenal. It's that's that's the movie where I pulled that our our intro Rocky bit from. And then Creed and Creed 2. All right, so skip five. Yeah, I, I would skip five. Yeah, I'd watch them. It actually weirdly makes me want to watch Raging Bull. I see, I've, I've never seen Raging Bull. It's on the list. I've never seen it either, but I'd Ooh, like to compare. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to compare the two. Yeah, for I, sure. That was around the same time, wasn't it? Oh, wait, shit, I've seen Yeah, Raging definitely. Bull. Robert De Niro? Oh, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? Do you have COVID fog brain as well? Yeah, COVID fog brain. Might be COVID round two. <laughs> All right, folks, that's going to do it for today. If you have thoughts or questions, you can shoot us an email at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at gd4gd.movies. We're also on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies, and we would love for you to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on, especially Apple Podcasts. Just make sure they're all five stars. And if you don't, I'm going to run all the way to Philadelphia and kick your ass. (laughs) We'll catch you next week at the movies. Bye.